Hi guys, good day and a warm welcome to you from wherever you are in the world. My name is Tahir from Global Chat Setters. This is our weekly podcast where we concentrate on travel tips, travel advices, and all that you need to know on DIY travel. As you are aware, these podcasts are not in sequence. So if you have not listened to the one previously, it does not mean you won't be following what's going on in this one. Each podcast focuses on a different topic each week and where we share advices on certain topics you can go back to other podcasts if you find them parallel to what was being discussed today. You can easily go through our catalogs and see which uh, of the topics that were previously discussed applies to what you want to know. Or you can continue listening to this one and see if what you seek to achieve or what you seek to know rather can be found in listening to this podcast today. Today's topic is one which was presented to us a lot of times via uh, questions and many of our viewers, followers, listeners want to know what it is to travel to Dubai if you're in Dubai for a short period. The focus of today's podcast would then be to elaborate and give you our understanding of what it is like to travel to Dubai if, for instance, you have one day, one night, a short uh, visa, a transit visa uh, between flights. And if you want to break your journey by going out into Dubai to explore the city, what can you expect in this 24 or let's say 48 hour uh, transit that you have? Assuming that you have your visas in order and you know what time you're going to arrive and what time you're going to depart, that's the first thing you need to be consciously aware of um, when you travel into a city, especially during transit, because the major thing that you need to adjust to is the time difference. For instance, if you're leaving from South Africa and you're arriving in Dubai, the first thing you need to do before you disembark the flight is to ensure that your watch is correctly set to the local time. Not only that, but um, most smartphones these days allow you to change the time zones from the home city to the city that you're currently in, or it does so automatically once you um, connect to the local network if you are roaming. So do ensure that you set your time correctly because, as you would know, when you depart from, for instance, Choburg and you arrive into Dubai, and from Dubai you're going to be in, uh, in transit and, for instance, uh, depart to Chitta. Your boarding pass would mention the local time of departure, but it would mention the local time of arrival as well. So please, please, please check your boarding time when you depart in. And check your arrival time because it is not going to be the same time as South African local time. It will be, if you come into Dubai, two hours um, different. South Africa is two hours uh, ahead or Dubai is two hours later than South Africa. So when you continue your journey after your transit, remember you're going to be continuing in local time. So make sure you know exactly what time you're departing. 
and don't make a mistake of thinking that you're departing on local South African time when you are going to be departing on local UAE time. Now that your time is all in order, you need to ask yourself the question, what do I want to see, what do I want to do, and how do I want to travel in the city over the next few hours or a day plus? Remember, in most instances, when you are in transit, you're taking a short layover, your luggage is going to be going to your uh, arrival destination. So you won't be required to take your big suitcases off the plane um, if you are taking a transit visa. The only thing that you would be carrying with you is your hand luggage or your cabin bags. So that's the first thing you need to ensure uh, when you land or when you disembark the plane is what am I going to do with the luggage that I currently have? Am I going to keep it with me? Is it going to be too um, difficult for me to move around? That's the question you need to ask yourself. From past experience, we always did one thing when we uh, ended up doing a layover, whether it be for 8 hours or 17 hours or 24 hours. To us, the most important thing was to find a base and from there, once we have a base, we could explore the city uh, at our own peril without the need to leave bags in a taxi or without the need to drive around with bags in a taxi because that just restricts you from doing what you need to do, especially when you want to go uh, to all the tourist attractions and um, explore the city properly. If you have pre-booked a hotel for one day, that's good. But if you have not, then our suggestion to you is always try and book a hotel which is closest to the airport. The reason why I say this is because from our past experience, many cities, not Dubai, but cities such as Manila, such as uh, Mumbai, have extreme, extreme traffic uh, issues with congestion. And that ultimately leads you to sitting in a taxi or two or three hours at a given time on a single trip to a destination uh, because the traffic is so bad. And especially when you sit in, in peak times, you don't want to sit in a taxi the whole afternoon trying to get from point A to point B um, and frustrate yourself because at the end when you're done, you need to rush back to the airport or um, back to you where you left your bags and it's a, just a whole confusing thing. Therefore, our honest suggestion is that when you land in a new city or city that you haven't been to before, rather book a hotel which is close to the airport. Some hotels are also uh, form part of the uh, main terminal buildings, which is good because though the prices might be a little more expensive sometimes, you know that when you get back to the airport, your bags are in the same vicinity, in the same immediate area. You're not stressed out as to, shucks, I need to go back to the hotel first, and from there I still need to take another uh, taxi to the airport. No. Go straight to the airport hotel, because from there, the, every airport hotel does have shuttles which run um, routinely to the various terminals. So when you do check into your hotel, you will be given a timetable of when the shuttle operates and where it goes. 
And from there, you'll be able to see where you are, what you need to do, how early you need to arrive back to the uh, airport hotel before you have to jump on the shuttle and leave to the terminal. But at least you know you'll be in the vicinity of the airport in the event that things go wrong or in the event that something happens or in the event that you may have left your passport or may have left your belongings, you need to have some sort of comfort. And that can only be found by being in or near the airport. If you haven't booked a hotel, you might be asking a question, okay, which hotels would you suggest? Our suggestion to you is book a hotel from a recognizable hotel chain. Many of the hotel chains, um, such as Hilton, such as IG, which is your Intercont Hotel Group, have um, hotels adjacent, or if not, uh, those hotels form part of the main hotel building. Take, for instance, um, the Intercontinental Hotel at Oa Tambo. That hotel is one that we favor a lot. We always use it, not okay, because we don't do transit in at this moment uh, through South Africa, but we use it as a departure airport the night before. If we have an early morning flight or if we have a midday flight, we know we're comfortable at the hotel, uh, comfortable at the airport, and, you know, it just gives you peace of mind. Or when you return back to South Africa from a long uh, holiday abroad, you always want to regather, recoup, um, you know, settle down in Johannesburg or before you get on going to Durban or, or Cape Town. Um, it's always nice to book one night at the airport hotels. We fancy it. It uh, makes the kids also comfortable. They know they're not under pressure when they return or before they fly out. So, yeah, Intercont Hotel Group is our favorite hotel group when it comes to looking for airport hotels. But there are several other hotel groups which offer um, decent hotels. And just be wary. Sometimes when they say airport hotel, it does not necessarily mean that the airport hotel is in the immediate vicinity of the airport. We found this in Bali where we tried to book the Hilton Garden Inn. And um, it said it was walking distance from the airport. So we thought, okay, in event that we don't, um, you know, uh, get the taxi or the shuttle um, at a specific time, as per their timetable, we could always just walk it out. And that um, is not the case because you have to leave the whole airport complex from there. You have to walk down a little main road. And if you don't have Google Maps or you don't have data to allow you to use Google Maps or if you don't have an app that has Maps offline, you're going to end up being lost. So our suggestion is always try and check on the map before you make a booking at the airport hotel to see exactly where they are, to see exactly if they have a functional schedule with regards to their shuttle. I know it might seem like a lot of homework to do prior to you just going to a place for one day, but remember... Anything that you do to save you time means that you have more time to enjoy on other stuff, such as going to sites, spending time where you need to go, or even shopping. But if you don't manage your time properly, you'll end up not enjoying the place and not making use of the 24 hours or 48 hours that you have, and that would work to your detriment. Now that you found your hotel and you're ready to disembark the plane and make your way to the hotel. Remember, 
getting off the plane and getting to the hotel can at times again be a matter of 15 minutes, a matter of one hour, depending on how quick the immigration lines are and depending on how quick you get your uh, your shuttle or how quick you have to walk to your hotel. So remember, you have to uh, accommodate for that as well from the time you disembark the plane to the time you get to your uh, airport hotel. It's going to be at least a one hour or one and a half hour uh, time difference. Uh, so you need to manage that and incorporate that into your day so that you know where your time is and what you uh, have left to do. What we found awesome here in Dubai is that when we disembark the flight, we had to walk a short distance uh, through the terminal building. And we got to a place where um, uh, the building actually, or the walkway actually ended. And in front of us stood a metro, which took us from the one terminal where we arrived to um, the main terminal where the baggage hall and where uh, immigrations is. So that was uh, on its own uh, an experience because we never ever landed in a hotel, or sorry, we never ever landed at an airport um, and were taken from one terminal to another terminal uh, to reclaim or to go through security um, control. So that was a nice thing. But again, that walk took us at least 15 minutes to get to the metro. And once you're on the metro, it's quick because it's it's a bullet train. But then once you get off the metro, again, you have to walk, follow the signs and get to the immigration. And once you stamp your passport, then only do you go to the, um, you know, towards the departure or towards the, uh, the terminal exit. During all this time, you still need to be wary of what the hotel shuttle schedule is. Because if, for instance, you land in at, say, quarter past 12 midday, usually what happens with uh, hotel shuttles is that they run on a 30-minute schedule or an hourly basis. So um, just see, you might just get to the departure point and end up missing it and end up uh, waiting for another 30 minutes before the shuttle returns. So again, that's 30 minutes or one hour that you need to uh, incorporate into your day of travel uh, because these are all variables that you can't predict, but you need to have sufficient time for it, especially when you don't know what to expect going to a new place. At this point, you might be wondering why we're only alluding to the fact that uh, you need to book an airport hotel, but uh, you need to give it some thought and understand that if you're coming from a destination where the flight was a single trip and um, you hide awake and you have enough energy, well, then maybe you, you don't need to book an airport hotel. But if you're coming from a destination such as the Far East, for instance, if you woke up at 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the morning to catch your early morning flight in Bali, you traveled nine hours to get to, to Dubai. By the time you get to Dubai, it's already the evening. You not only spend nine hours in a flight which wasn't the best or wasn't the most comfortable journey because you don't get good sleep on a plane in any event. And you're, you, psychologically, you still um, didn't get enough sleep the night before because you were prepping or getting ready for the next morning to leave to the airport and, you know, uh, board that morning flight. So your body would need some time to recover. And getting to the airport hotel is how we 
advising you to do so, not only will give you a chance to leave your luggage freshen up, but it might also give you a chance to sleep. And if you feel that you need that two hours, three hours sleep, do it because that will uh, make you have a better experience in Dubai or at your new destination so that you're not grumpy going around in the taxi or grumpy walking around in the malls because you didn't get enough sleep. Um, so yeah, that's one of the good reasons why you need to book an airport hotel because you don't know how you are going to be when you reach your destination or when you reach your transit uh, city uh, to continue to your eventual destination. I can't ever imagine going into a taxi from the airport with a whole lot of luggage or backpacks, even if you are traveling light, even if you have only one backpack and a laptop bag. It makes no sense to carry that with you if you're walking into a mall, if you go into a tourist attraction. Remember, unless you're capable of renting the whole taxi for one day, you're going to be changing taxis, you're going to be uh, accumulating unnecessary costs, you're going to be carrying stuff uh, which might even, in the weather that Dubai has, uh, it will make you sweat. You'll feel more uncomfortable than uh, ever. So our suggestion is book the airport hotel, offload all your stuff that you don't need, and continue your your expedition or exploring the city as how you would do normally without all your extra culture. The other good thing to note about airport hotels is that many of them um, offer not only shuttles to the hotel terminals, but also have a timetable where they offer shuttles to the major attractions such as the malls or beaches. And there are a handful of hotels here in Dubai around the airport which offer not only uh, the airport shuttle services, but take you to places such as Dubai Mall, and uh, Jumeirah Beach, which is a good thing because you don't want to be spending money on, on, on uh, taxis. What we found out here in Dubai is that if you're taking a taxi from the airport, the base fare before you leave the airport uh, terminal or building is already 25 dirhams. 25 dirhams at the current uh, exchange rate is about 110 rand or 115 rand. And that's just to get into that taxi. And from there, the taxi or um, the fee escalates every two and a half to five kilometers. It goes up by 15 to 20 rands. So you need to be wary that if I get to the airport and I'm not going to book an airport hotel, I'm going to carry my stuff with me. I'm going to take a taxi from the airport. You're going to be wasting money unnecessarily. The alternative to taking a taxi would also be taking a metro. Dubai has a fantastic metro uh, rail system, functional, um, which obviously works like uh, clockwork. And um, you can use it to get to the major destinations as well. If you want to go to Dubai Mall or Mall of the Emirates, it's basically jumping onto the metro from the terminal building, going through all the stops and uh, getting to where you want to go. But remember... Uh, a metro obviously charges per person and depending on which direction you go in or which line you choose, um, you will need to pay per line or per um, a choice of destination. So for instance, if you need to get to uh, Jumeirah Beach and uh, if you're starting on the, on the red line, 
you'll probably have to interchange uh, to the uh, uh, the tram at one point. That would accumulate another fee. So you need to obviously uh, keep that in mind that every time you jump onto a metro or jump onto a taxi and need to go from place to place, you're going to be paying extra money. Whereas the hotel shuttles have the stable, the schedule of theirs, which do go through or pass all these uh, major destinations. So it will save you that little extra that you would be spending unnecessarily. And obviously, once you save little extra money, you can use it on things you like more, like um, trying maybe something different to eat or buying that something you wanted. Uh, now that you save the money, you can use it on other stuff. I recall our trip from Bali to Qatar, which um, when we left the Bali International Airport, uh, we had an early morning flight at around 7 a.m. So we needed to get to the airport building at around 4.30 to be safe. And once we got to our boarding gate, the flight got delayed. It got delayed for at least an hour and a half. So that started the whole process of, you know, being frustrated, having woken up early in the morning. Now you get to the uh, terminal, um, you're ready to leave or want to catch some sleep on the flight. And then you realize that the flight has been delayed. Um, that plays a lot on your on your state of mind, state of being, especially when you're traveling with kids, because now you've got kids who you woke up from their sleep, they're crabby, they want to go back to sleep. You're trying to keep them awake because you want to get done and get onto the flight. Um, these things do occur and these things do take a toll on your on your body. And as it happened to us, when we eventually got on the flight, uh, the kids who were tired or crabby waiting to board eventually forgot that they needed to sleep or the excitement or, uh, to, you know, start watching uh, the TV or playing games on a flight uh, prevented them from sleeping, which normally they would or should have done. And then for the whole eight hours or nine hours that we were in the flight, uh, you don't get sleep or you, you keep yourself awake by watching or doing the entertainment uh, on board. And when you get to your destination, like for us, when we got to Doha, it was just before sunset. So again, we had to go through the whole immigration process. Eventually, we got out of the uh, terminal buildings and we needed to take an Uber. We took an Uber, which drove us for around 30 minutes because we didn't do our research at that time. We just saw a hotel that we liked and uh, we wanted to go to that specific hotel and that's where we ended up going. When we got to the hotel, it was around 6.30, just after sunset. And um, when we got checked in, also the check-in process might be a little, uh, you know, delay 15, 20, 30 minutes, depending on how busy the hotel is at the time. We got to our room. It was already 7 o'clock or 7.30 at night. And our flight was boarding the next morning at 9 a.m. local time. We needed to ensure that we woke up the next day by at least 6 o'clock to ensure that we got to the airport timelessly before we caught our next flight to bring us back home. Because we were so tired, we said that, okay, we'll sleep maybe an hour or two, uh, freshen up, and then hit the city to see what Doha had to offer. Um, and it was also New Year's Eve, 
So that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to be out by, of the hotel by around 10.30 at night or 11 o'clock at the latest, jump in a taxi and, yeah, get out to see the fireworks and then return back to the hotel when the fireworks were over and still have enough time from around 2 a.m. to about 6, 5.30 to get more sleep in and, you know, be ready for our next morning uh, flight, which was at 9 a.m. So we needed to be at the airport by around 6, 6.30 to be safe. However, that did not happen. We we did put the snooze on our phone. Uh, well, we did set the alarm rather for 11 o'clock, uh, one hour before midnight. And as it happens, when you're tired, you end up um, snoozing and snoozing and snoozing uh, your cell phone. Eventually, we said we don't need to go out. Um, we slept through the night through uh, New Year's Eve and eventually woke up at 4 a.m. the next morning to get ready to go. And yeah, so at least we made good use of the room. But at the same time, we didn't get a chance to go out and explore the city as we wanted to do. But that's fine. You know, you booked a hotel to stay the night. You broke your journey or you were in transit. Getting out of the hotel terminal and staying in a hotel is better than being in the terminal and not doing nothing. So that uh, worked well for us. We got well rested. And eventually, um, though we didn't get to see the fireworks in Doha, we knew that we um, managed to get some good sleep in. And the kids also managed to uh, settle in nicely for the night and got a good night's sleep on a proper bed, which had we been had we gone out to explore, we don't know what would have happened with the kids and we don't know how they would have reacted the next morning. And we might have also missed the flight if we were overtired and, you know, not in a right uh, state to um, after they've been explored and seen the fireworks, uh, coming back and getting a one or two hours sleep would have just um, made our routine altogether uh, impossible to wake up in two hours to catch the flight. And yeah, that would have caused us to miss it. And how things work is that when you do go back to the hotel, to the airport to, um, you know, now start your boarding for the next flight, again, you have to go through immigrations. And when we got to the airport at Doha, the lines were exceptionally, exceptionally, exceptionally long. They were zigzagging all the way um, through towards the exit doors. And um, our flight was like boarding in the next uh, was was boarding in 15 minutes and departing in the next one hour. We had a hand luggage, which was fine, um, but we still needed to get to the uh, gate. And lucky for us, uh, when we got to the line, because we had kids, the um, the steward or stewardess who was there ushered us to the um, front of the line and uh, they took our passport, stamped us and, uh, you know, allowed us to go through. But if we didn't have kids, and uh, I'm assuming if we showed no urgency or rush to get to our gate, we would have sat in that line and eventually missed the flight. So, yeah, those are all things you need to just be wary of. No matter how you plan also, things can go wrong or things can also work in your favor. But, yeah, it's always good to have enough time uh, so that you know you can prepare for all this stuff. Now that you understand the concept of why it is uh, required to get a uh, airport hotel or a hotel near the airport, 
um, you know now what you need to do next to plan your day going forward. If hypothetically, which in most instances, some of the morning flights arrive at around 5 a.m., if you come on one of those flights and you arrive at the airport and you booked a hotel or an airport hotel for the day, remember you're not going to get immediate occupation into the unit until 3 o'clock or 2 uh, two o'clock uh, when it's normal check-in time. Here in Dubai, the check-in times are a little later, so check-in would usually be from around 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. That being said, it's always a good thing to try and communicate with the hotel prior to uh, to your arrival in, in Dubai, uh, asking them or requesting of them whether they can allow you an early check-in. In most instances, if the hotels are running on low occupancy at, on that given day, they could allow you to get an early check-in without further charge or in some hotels which aren't as popular as the uh, big chain hotels, they might uh, charge you uh, a small fee for an early check-in. Um, if on both uh, instances uh, the hotel doesn't allow you an early check-in or if they're asking you to pay a fee upfront for the few hours that you're trying to you know, uh, get in uh, prior to your actual uh, time of check-in, it's best to then just leave your bags at the concierge and tell them to keep it in the locker and you go out immediately and do whatever you need to do and then come back and check in and uh, settle down. Uh, but yeah, heads up, just try and do a or send an email because in some instances they might give it to you and if you score an early check-in, um, like how we did when we got to uh, Mumbai, we landed in Mumbai at around 4 a.m. Uh, on that occasion, we requested the um, airport, uh, I mean the hotel, uh, uh, they never had a shuttle, but they had their own, um, they never had a complimentary shuttle, but they did have a normal hotel shuttle that would collect us from the airport, but at a fee. We didn't mind paying that fee because the hotel was quite a distance from the airport and the taxis would have been the same price as what the hotel was charging for the uh, collection. So we opted to take the hotel private transfer and we were glad we did because when we, when we took the transfer, the hotel already expected our early arrival. I don't know if that makes sense. The hotel knew that we were coming on the morning flight, the uh, staff member was waiting with a sign at the arrivals hall. And when we got into the uh, hotel uh, private shuttle, he uh, communicated with the hotel to say that we're coming through. And, um, you know, uh, because we had kids, uh, he asked them or he told them that, yeah, the kids are worth. And um, that made it easy for us because when we got to the hotel reception, which was an hour or an hour and a half later, um, the hotel had no difficulty allowing us to have an early check-in. We weren't charged extra. This was at the Conrad in a place called Pune, which is uh, about an hour, hour and a half drive away from um, Mumbai. And when we got there, it was about, say, 9 a.m. The room type that we booked probably gave us the, the little um, extra perk of having an early check-in because we did take a room on the executive floor. 
that being said, um, we were given the room uh, when we arrived. And though we weren't allowed to have breakfast on that morning, um, we were allowed to uh, go and enter the executive lounge and, you know, um, have the snacks and uh, canaps and whatever was offered uh, at that time um, uh, uh, in lieu of the of us not having breakfast uh, for that morning. So that worked out because the kids and uh, obviously us were very hungry and when you come to a new place, obviously you don't you're not familiar with the immediate surrounding. You don't want to just uh, rush out of the hotel and um, look for the uh, closest fast food restaurant. You want to settle in. You want to settle in nicely. We were also tired because uh, getting to India, we had to take uh, two um, two flights. The first flight was to Seychelles, where we had a transit for a short while, and from there we ended up in Mumbai. So yeah, um, we didn't want to eat. We didn't want to go out. We just uh, wanted to grab quick snacks and go and rest. Because all we needed to do was sleep for a while. For us, because by the time uh, late afternoon came, we had already rested nicely and uh, we were ready to go out for the night. Okay, so you're in Dubai and you got your hotel accommodation. Now you need to know what do you do for the next few hours. This is what we would do. You can follow it or if you have any other suggestion you can let us know um, as we always like to know what fellow travelers uh, think and what fellow travelers do so that we can um, you know advise other travelers um, and give people the best possible uh, options available to them when they come to Dubai. The first thing I would do is try to get to the Dubai mall and if you like shopping, if you like seeing new places, new things. The Dubai Mall is the biggest mall in the world. There's so many things to offer in the mall, like the underwater zoo, the fountain. Um, and if you're a new traveler to Dubai and uh, want and you want to try something different, the Dubai Mall is definitely your port of call. Not only does the mall have certain tourist attractions in it, as mentioned before, but it also has a lot of um, nice restaurants, the most popular one being the Al Baik chain, which is um, huge uh, in Saudi. And uh, here in Dubai, there's only uh, a handful of them. So uh, trying Al Baik while you are in Dubai is a must if you like to try, try a different experience, especially if you like roast chicken, as uh, Al Baik is one of the nicest uh, restaurants to try. Uh, for Peru's chicken. That being said, the Dubai Mall is not the only major attraction in Dubai for you to go and explore if you want to just go to a place and see um, one of the fancy sites that are probably everywhere in Dubai. Many people would prefer going to the beach on their first day or the only day. I would do too. Uh, the sunsets here in Dubai, especially in Jumeirah and Kite Beach, are some of the best we've seen in the world. And not only that, the activities that you can find on the beach, including the uh, amount of people that come on in Chog, the setting itself, the restaurants that surround the uh, promenade, are all quite nice. And you won't just go there and spend five minutes and be out. You will spend at least an hour or two 
uh, enjoying, um, you know, whatever is on offer. So again, it all depends on what time you land, what time you arrive in Dubai. Obviously, if you come in the mornings, um, you can't do the beach, nor can you do Dubai Mall. Because Dubai Mall, part of the nice thing about Dubai Mall, apart from the shopping and the restaurants, is the uh, light show, which goes on every uh, 30 minutes to one hour sometimes. And each light show is different. And the best time to watch the light show, obviously, is at night, um, you know, with with the sequence of the water flowing and the light illumination played with the music. It's just a spectacle on its own. Another thing to consider also is going to places such as the Future Museum or uh, Gold Souk or the Amina Bazaar. These are all things you can do, but again, they all spread out over uh, different areas geographically. So if you are going to one place, you might have to travel a, a bit of a while to get to the other place. So it's not like, okay, we'll go there and from there we'll go here. Because in between you might get caught up, you might want to try, you might want to have lunch, you might want to have supper, you might want to do other things and your time in that place could be consumed uh, just by doing other stuff that you didn't plan to do. So if you are, for instance, going to Cold Souk or Mina Bazaar or Abaya shopping, that is all in the old Dera slash Bar Dubai area. And um, time spent there would be obviously uh, much longer than what you do if you go into just a specific um, place to see a specific attraction. So plan your day, see what you want to do. Also, during the day, we've, we thought we'd manage, but uh, it is extremely difficult. Walking on the streets in Dubai, especially during the warm and going into the hot summer months, is a difficult task. Not only is it difficult in a sense where, um, you know, you won't be able to walk easily on the street with the sun glaring on top of you with, with sunglasses, it still becomes difficult. However, if you can manage and you don't mind walking in the sun in that, you do tend to sweat a lot if you're willing to change uh, your clothing, um, then yeah, you can do it, but... Uh, just know that you will be sweating a lot. You will be feeling uncomfortable. Walking in and out of shops is nice. As the shops, some of them, not all, are air-conditioned, especially the smaller malls uh, in Dera and in Bar Dubai. But um, to do that during midday or early afternoon is not an easy task. So rather leave that for the later afternoon or going towards the early part of the evening. But then again, the best time to go to Dubai Mall is also in the evening. So it's quite a hard decision to make, um, especially when you want to see two of the nicest things, but not miss uh, either or. And bear in mind that if you are going with the hotel shuttle to, for example, the mall or to the beach, to get from there to your next point, You're going to be have to. You're going to be taking a taxi, or you're going to be attempting to try to take the metro. Um, if you are taking a taxi, you must know that 
going from place to place um, is convenient if you go in in a taxi, but also traveling in a taxi does tend to be quite pricey. And if you go in on a metro, sometimes the location that you're at is quite far from the metro station itself. So you'll need to take a um, the RTA bus, which is linked to the metro stations. But to find that bus, you need to do your homework beforehand so that you know exactly where you are, where's the closest bus point, and which station would you be going to eventually if you need to take the metro. So there's a lot of planning and homework that needs to go into uh, trying to get around if you're not going to be using the uh, local taxis. And yeah, I you might even say, but why are we not asking or why are we not speaking about uh, the ability to rent a car? For me, to rent a car for one day um, might not be the best thing. Uh, you can, if, you, if you're comfortable doing that, um, it's always the easiest way to get around. But um, if you're new to Dubai and if you haven't driven a left-hand car before and if you're not comfortable driving on the other side of the road as opposed to what you used to back home, it is nerve-wracking. It is um, stressful and it's by no way easy. So you need to have good comfort levels if you are willing to drive and wanting to drive for one day. But then bear in mind that when you do a rent a car, some of the uh, or most of the rental companies would require a sizable amount of deposit. So again, if you don't have extra funds to waste, or not to say that you won't get the money back, but um, if you if you if you don't have um, extra money to put it down as a deposit, or if you um, wary that you know what the day you, when you do return your car, they might hassle you for scratches and that, rather leave the car for 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 a better time, or when you are planning to stay longer in Dubai, as opposed to rushing it for just one day. Remember, all the logistics uh, of why you come into Dubai in the first place needed to have been attended to the day you decided that you would want to take a stopover because there's a reason why you wanted to come to Dubai um, as opposed to um, just taking a direct flight back home or taking a shorter layover in the in the airport. When When you made the decision to come to Dubai, you needed to have asked yourself, what is it that I want to go see? You might have heard from other travelers or from family and friends who've been to Dubai that um, the shopping is nice or the malls are nice or the beaches are nice. But you as an individual need to ask yourself, what is it that you want to do? Because no matter what people can tell you or what people would tell you, some people might suggest something they like because it's convenient for them. Others might just tell you from what they've heard from other people and that might not work for you. So when you come to Dubai, you need to have a clear understanding of what I need to do and where I need to go so that you don't lose time. Because the moment you're going to try and do other things different from what you plan to do, then you're going to confuse yourself and you're going to end up wasting time which you could have spent doing the things you wanted to do and then you end up doing just random stuff which you which you didn't like or uh, which didn't interest you. 
when we spoke about the major attractions in Dubai, such as the Dubai Mall, the, going to the Dubai Mall is free. There's nothing there that you would pay for apart from getting to it if, you, if you're taking a taxi or metro. Uh, but the things that you do in the Dubai Mall itself, such as the underwater zoo or going uh, to the um, Burj, Burj Khalifa, that sky deck, those are things that uh, you have to budget for. And depending on the time you come in, you might even want to, um, you know, pre-book so that you don't waste time in the lines. Remember, there are uh, uh, places where you go to where if you don't have a pre-war ticket, you can pay um, at the at the site itself. But generally, people who pre who pre-buy tickets to go into an experience or uh, to see an attraction. Uh, would would go quicker through a fast track as opposed to you waiting in line with hundreds others uh, to buy your ticket, and that also wastes time. Places such as the Future Museum, from what we understand, is uh, sold out for uh, most weeks, I think till the third week of May, uh, which today is, or when we found out rather, which was two weeks ago, it was at the uh, towards end of April, we were told that it was already like kind of uh, booked out in advance for over a month. And what happens with uh, Dubai is if you don't book for the attractions, you can go to the attractions, but you won't uh, get to experience it or you won't get in. So if you want to go to the Future Museum or if you want to go to Burj Khalifa and if that's one of your bucket list things, to do while in Dubai, and if you only have a limited time, you have to pre-buy your ticket so that you know when you get there, you won't be wasting time waiting in line, and you can get the option of fast track to at least get in and get out quicker than what uh, others would. And the thing with Dubai is that the lifestyle here is very fast, and if you're new to Dubai, you'll it's easy to get caught up in that lifestyle. And what we mean by this is that um, everything happens according to how it happens in Dubai. And if you're not accustomed to adapting from uh, a normal life to a nightlife, you're going to be caught out because most of the fun stuff happens at night. The restaurants uh, open till 12 o'clock midnight. Some of them are open till 3 a.m. Um, and it's easy to get confused with time. It's easy to lose track of time because at one minute you'll see the time would be uh, 7 p.m. or 6.30 after Maghrib. Um, and, uh, sorry, 7, uh, 7 p.m. is Maghrib. And then after that, you look at the time again, it will be already 10 o'clock. And you'll be wondering to yourself, like, where did the time just go? So th the thing is with Dubai, you need to know that when you're in a certain place, losing track of time is possible. Whether it's sitting in uh, the streets of Dera, uh, having a juice or a tabakat or uh, one of the fancy drinks, uh, those juice drinks that are amazing and it's a must-try when you're in Dubai. Or if you're sitting in a bake in Dubai mall, having walked um, for hours in the mall, and now you're tired, you just want to relax, 
all of that takes time. And you need to see that if you go into a specific place, my suggestion is rather try and do one thing as opposed to doing everything. Because if you're going to try and do everything, you're not, you're not doing the amazing race. You're not uh, running on the streets and um, trying to beat traffic. And try. The reality is you have to go and plan your trip because that's what you need to do to understand how you want to uh, go about your day. So if you go in to be landing early in the morning, like how you would do your normal day at home, start off by saying, okay, am I tired? Do I need to go sleep? If I need to sleep, how long do I need to, or how long do I want to sleep for? If I don't have access to a hotel room, rather let's go for breakfast or let's go for brunch, but let's uh, go to a, a place where um, it's not difficult for us to, to, to walk around in the hot sun or let's uh, go straight to a mall and uh, try and get the mall out of the way first. And then if we have time, we can always come back. It's, it's, it's things that you need to give thought to because one thing is jumping into a taxi or jumping on a metro and not knowing where you go in that becomes difficult. And if you're traveling with a family, with elders, with kids, you also have to be conscious about them as well. So you as a person might be uh, energetic, might be um, capable of doing anything and everything at the spur of the moment. But those who are traveling with you might not be able to do so. So when you do travel in a group or in a smaller group, you need to be uh, conscious about everyone's abilities because that will determine how far or where you go from a specific point to the next point. And one thing also you need to bear in mind is, um, and how we do it with our kids, you always need to make sure that you're in a place that has um, you know, access to, to a masjid and access to a mall. I mean, uh, a mall, uh, well, most malls have prayer rooms, but if you're not in a mall, you need to, even if you're traveling with kids especially, you need to make sure that you know where your um, where your mosques are situated. If you need to pray salah, you need to know where the bathrooms are if the kids need to go to the toilet. And you don't end up walking the streets of, of, of Dubai or in the shopping malls and uh, not knowing where you're going. And then you have kids who are crying and nagging. It, it, it just makes your, your, your trip miserable and you just... You'll just want to leave everything and go back to the hotel and board a flight and go back home. So planning with the people around you is paramount as to where you want to go because the decisions that you make with them will determine the, the decisions you make of how to go and where to go and where you're going to end up um, during the course of your day. One thing to also consider if you if you do have only one day in Dubai is to um, take the option of a hop-on-hop-off bus. I know people might not um, like the idea of taking a hop-on-hop-off bus and feel like it's a waste of time, but I can honestly tell you that this really works, especially when you don't have a car or when you don't want to take taxis from uh, attraction from one attraction to the other attraction. 
the hopper and hopper pass gives you the freedom to go to a specific uh, attraction at your own time or when you at one and if you don't want to go to the next attraction you can skip it and continue with the bus to wherever it's going next that's that's the nice thing about hopper and hopper bus we used the hopper and hopper bus when we in medina we opted to try and do a ziyarat ourselves uh because we wanted to let the kids explore uh medina and um you know do it the way we want to in, on our own time and what i realized was the hopper and hopper bus that left from the haram was just in front of our hotel we bought a two day ticket or two day pass which um was on special that they had uh for that period and it would have costed us almost a quarter of the price that we would have paid for the ziyarat itself and that's something you need to keep in mind and not only did we save money on 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 uh not having to use a taxi or not being rushed from one place because um you have to go to the next place and uh you have someone taking you so you have to do you know things quickly this should do it at your own peril your own time and um this is what we enjoyed we used the hopon hopper bus in uh medina we also used the hopon and hopper bus in rome we had a 19 hour stopover and on that trip we did rent a car because we, the hotel that we stayed at was uh, about 30 minutes the, well the airport that we landed at was 30 minutes away from the uh main attractions and the rome cbd so we we were forced to rent a car and the time that we landed was late at night so we didn't want to risk um you know not getting a taxi being tired and um we just thought it would be convenient to to rent a car i will explain the uh the uh, rules and tricks and tips regarding car rental in a separate podcast if you want to you can wait for that um but yeah just briefly if you are a member of um avis or hertz or one of the bigger international rental companies you can use points or you can use um you know the discounts that are available and um we used a voucher which was available to us so yeah that was easier for us because um we had access to that uh and we didn't have to pay any cash and our details were already on the system so we didn't have to worry about prepay or paying a deposit on, on arrival when we got there though the the counter at the airport was closed our car was waiting there with the keys ready everything was done and yeah we were good to go so when we were in rome though we had the car we parked um in one of the parking spaces in the in the cvd again driving in rome was a bit stressful the streets are narrow uh, some of them are cobblestone some of them go uphill especially around the vatican um it's not easy and um it, to navigate through a, t- a city that you haven't seen before in your life um and now to know how to drive on the roads does become daunting 
we chose to leave the car uh, close to the Coliseum and we decided to walk to the Coliseum. And when we got there, obviously <laughs> the plans that we had for the day was to go to the Coliseum and to go to uh, one or two restaurants, which people suggested to us. Um, and yeah, that's how we thought our day would go because we wanted to see the Coliseum as the only thing we wanted to do while we were in Rome. And um, whatever people suggested we do was something we'd, we'd do extra if we had time. When we got to the Coliseum parking or the parking area closest to the Coliseum, we had to walk for at least about a kilometer and a half. And though we mentally planned the strip the, when we were leaving uh, London to take the, st uh, uh, the stopover uh, in Rome, we thought everything would go according to our plan, which didn't happen because when we got to the Coliseum, we didn't know that you had to um, pre-buy tickets in advance. Uh, like I said, there's a fast track and there's a normal uh, line which you can wait as a normal person uh, who doesn't have tickets. And that line was snaking for uh, meters, more than hundreds of meters outside the Colosseum. And we didn't expect that line to be there. Um, we didn't plan our trip enough before we got there to understand that we needed to buy tickets beforehand. So immediately our plans, our plans changed at that moment. And while we were taking pictures outside the Coliseum, a gentleman came to us and said, hey, you know what, um, I, do you want to do the hop on and hop off bus? So we thought, okay, there's still other attractions to see in Rome. Uh, it would have driven past the uh, Vatican City. It would have taken you to all the older churches and um, the busier uh, tourist uh, areas. So we said that would be ideal for us. We got onto the bus and we obviously had to pay for the tickets uh, and we got onto the bus and we used it for the better part of the afternoon. But eventually at the stop, after seeing a few of the attractions while sitting in the bus, we opted not to go out um, because when we got to Rome, it was in winter we were unprepared uh, in terms of, um, you know, clothing. We never had warm jackets. We never had uh, um, our hoodies. That was all packed in our luggage to go back to, to South Africa. We never want to carry heavy stuff with us because we thought we we're going to be in Rome. And having come from, well, though we were in London, we knew it was cold in London, but we got to Spain uh, after London and Spain was warm. We didn't even use our big, big jacket. So we put that in the main luggage and sent it back or we sent it as a, 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 a luggage to go uh, under. And we only carried with us what we thought was uh, a small jacket or, um, you know, the kids never even have uh, their puffy jackets. They only had the Skyway uh, flea stops. And we felt that was sufficient because we didn't use it for two weeks that we went to Spain. Why would we need to use it in Italy? And when we got to Italy and when we sat on that hop, and hop on and hop off bus, as we were driving, we chose to sit in the open part of the double-decker. And it was just so cold 
that the kids were extremely uncomfortable. Tasneem and I were also uncomfortable. We were trying to listen with the earpiece as we were driving uh, with all the attractions that were approaching and that. But you're in a different mind frame. And when you know you're not comfortable, you don't want to be in that place. You just want to get off. Um, and that's what we did after maybe about less than an hour on the bus. We came to a um, a popular like a tourist area, uh, sort of a square. And we said, you know what, now we're hungry. Let's go try and find a place to eat. And yeah, we got off the bus. At that time, it didn't strike us that we 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 just spent money for nothing. I mean, we knew we wanted to do the the hop and hop off because when we're standing outside the Coliseum, that was the right thing to do at the time. But obviously, when we got on and we felt how cold it was and the kids being uncomfortable, our plans change, and it's normal. It's okay for plans to change, and you don't have to feel heartbeat if uh, if things didn't work out for you the way you wanted it to work out. You just adapt what the situation that comes or the next situation that uh, uh, arises. And with that same mindset, that's how we always traveled with uh, an open mind. Whatever happens, we'll accept it. Whatever needs to get done, we'll do it. Yes, there's times when um, you can be in a problem that you need to overcome. It might be difficult at first, but nothing is impossible in travel. So you must never be afraid to let plans change. Even though you plan ahead, um, we know from the Quran, the teachings uh, uh, from Islam, that Allah is the best of planners. So things like that, are something you need to uh, be conscious of, but enjoy the moments. Go with the flow. Whatever happens, happens for a reason. And whatever you need to do next will also be of benefit to you. And when you are in Dubai, there's no right place and wrong place to go to. If you're going to Souk and if you want to go to um, Mina Bazaar, or if you want to take the one dirham um, boat ride, over the creek, do it. Because if you're not going to do it, you're not going to get a chance to do it ever again, then you'll regret it. While you are there, do as much as you can do in a certain area and don't worry about what what you need to do next. Because once you've done everything in one area and you're confident that, okay, now we're tired of this place, then you can move on to the next place but while you're there, enjoy the moments, enjoy everything, don't rush. Because if you're going to rush from place to place, you're not going to see the, the actual places you visit uh, and you're not going to enjoy it for what it is. You're just going to be uh, rushing to go to the next place and the next place to take pictures or whatever it is. And yeah, your whole trip would then be one big uh, rush, which shouldn't be because part of traveling and part of going to new places is to enjoy the place, enjoy the sights, experience the culture, experience local dishes. Even if you know you don't like um, a certain thing, if you see a restaurant selling something which in the ordinary you wouldn't have, but you know at this time, okay, fine, I'm here, let's give it a try. Go for it. Let it be something that you can do at that moment so that you know you've accomplished something you didn't plan to do, and had you not been there, you wouldn't have done it. 
And if you the type that wants to do your bucket list stuff and go to every destination, again, there's nothing wrong with that. If you have the energy, if you have the confidence, if you have the ability to get things done in one day and tick off several um, tourist attractions, it's entirely up to you. But the thing is, when you do something and how you do it needs to be something that you enjoy and something that your your your, your family who's still been with you or the group who's still been with you enjoys as well. Because if one person like something and other people don't like it and they just end up going for the sake of being there with you it's not a nice feeling so make proper mashwara see what you like see what the people want hear what the people want and make sure that once you complete your day if you are going on an early morning flight out of dubai or out of any other city in the world Get sufficient sleep before you fly out because if you're not going to be well rested, you're not going to be able to wake up um, energetically as how you would need to when you board in another flight. And that sort of uh, makes the whole mood a bit somber. So know your limits. Know that, okay, most places in Dubai close by midnight. Let's go back to the hotel at midnight if our flight is at 9 o'clock in the morning or 8 o'clock in the morning, you need to be at the airport three hours or two and a half hours before, depending on how far you are from the airport. The safest is to be at least four hours, which is what uh, the normal travel advisories advise, especially when it's on an international flight. But if you're there three hours also, it's fine. Just don't cut it short or don't... Uh, make a mistake of oversleeping or spending um, too long getting ready in the morning because what you need to do before you sleep and this is what we normally do with our kids um, so that we know in the morning when we wake up everyone is on the same page is to have your bags ready have your bags waiting by the door literally waiting by the door and Make sure your clothes that you're going to wear for the next day are already taken out and placed where you can find them in the morning and where you can get rest quickly and get done and get out of that room. Because the longer you're going to be in a room, the more time you're going to be wasting doing other things you don't need to do. And packing in a bag in the morning of a flight is just something you can't do. No matter whether you're an experienced traveler or an inexperienced traveler, that does not work because every second that you waste in that hotel room is one second closer to your flight being missed. And that's what you need to understand. So get everything ready. Make sure you don't forget anything. Make sure you don't forget your charges. Make sure you don't forget your wallets. Your, uh, make sure you look at a safe. And yeah, go back to the airport, if you are in the airport vicinity, take the shuttle, make sure you know what time it's leaving. Don't worry about breakfast. If breakfast started at 6.30 and your flight is at 9 o'clock, uh, get to the airport. You will have breakfast at the airport. The one croissant or the one uh, juice that you're going to drink there is not necessary. You paid for it, I understand. You're entitled to it, fair enough. 
but you also have a plane to catch. So leave that breakfast for another time, get onto the shuttle and get to the hotel. And if you're not at a hotel or if you chose not to stay at a hotel, and this is what we've heard from people who've traveled also, some of them drove in Dubai the whole night, took a taxi, went from place to place. Yes, you can do that. You can do that till if your flight is at four o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning and you need to be at the airport two o'clock, then it's fine. But again, if you've been traveling 24 hours prior and you're going to be catching another flight for another nine hours to another destination and you haven't slept in between, it does catch up with you eventually and your next sleep would be a sleep where you'd be totally jet-lagged. And I can tell you this from experience because when we flew to Manila, we... uh, we had a stopover in Jeddah, so we did our Umrah, and uh, we had a five-day stopover, or was it a 10-day stopover? Uh, we booked, obviously, Joburg to Manila with a stopover in Jeddah on Saudia. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Saudia does fly to Philippines, and uh, we chose to do the Umrah on our first leg and then proceed with our, with our um, you know, holiday in in Philippines and when we left Jeddah because you must know the day when you are leaving you've got so many things going on you need to now pack your bags you need to now um, get your stuff done last minute shopping though we were there for 10 days you, it didn't cross your mind that you needed to buy things beforehand. And now on the last day, you decide, oh, shucks, I need a kurta. Oh, shucks, I need to buy this. Oh, shucks, I need to buy that. And um, before you know it, you got your taxi driver waiting outside the hotel and you need to jump on the taxi to get to, to the airport. And you're already rushed. And what happens is, say, for instance, your, your flight out of Chita is 2 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning. The whole day you haven't yet slept. Remember, you awake from uh, Zohar time, going through the afternoon, you haven't slept. Asad, Maghrib, Isha. Now you, you're getting ready, you packed up, you're tired, the kids are tired, but your adrenaline is pumping. You're jumping on a flight to go to uh, Philippines, which is another nine hour flight or eight hour flight. Again, on that flight, you're not going to be sleeping. Because you're going to be traveling to different time zones and um, your body thinks you still haven't slept because it's your body still thinks you in, uh, you know, the local time where you were for that period. Then you see that, um, you know, you entered in different time zones and the time zones change. Uh, it, it, it just becomes too much for you to adapt to. And what happened to us was we landed in, in Manila. I can say that we landed at night uh, because uh, we had an early morning flight out of Chita. And when we got to Manila, Manila, we we didn't do our homework on Manila. And we didn't know that Manila's traffic is one of the craziest in the world. And when we got out of the airport, we didn't rent a car. We relied on a taxi. So we had to first go taxi shopping because we didn't just take the first driver who walked up to us and said, here's the price. 
if you do that, then you you you're really wasting your money. You need to make sure that you ask one or two or three other uh, uh, drivers before you jump into any taxi. And we did that. We got a good deal. And Manila is huge. So when we got into our hotel, uh, when we got into the car to get to the uh, to our hotel, it was about thirty to forty minutes uh, away. And now, on the map, you won't see it because you'll see it as being close. But um, in reality, that forty or thirty minute actual distance, which was supposed to be that, ended up being a two and a half hour or two hour wait because Manila's traffic even if it's 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, it's still peak traffic. And that continues past midnight. So Manila's traffic was bad. We got to the uh, to the hotel just around midnight or past midnight, checked in, and what we said we'd do was we, we thought after getting to the hotel, unpacking and everything, it was going around... 2 a.m. We didn't want to sleep because we said, you know, if you're going to sleep, you're not going to wake up for breakfast. We were eager to try the breakfast out. I don't know, for some odd reason, we were excited for breakfast. It happens. So we stayed awake till 6 o'clock in the morning. 6 o'clock in the morning, when the breakfast room opened, oh yeah, the reason why we stayed awake was um, we... The restaurants were closed by the time we got to the hotel. Though it was uh, part of a um, mall, uh, the restaurants were closed. The takeaways were closed. There was no way I was going to walk on the streets uh, past midnight because there was no the area that we were in didn't have much of the you know um, street life that you get in other countries. So we were eager to have breakfast uh, because we knew we'd be getting a full meal. And the kids were fine with it. The kids were still energetic. They were still hyped up. Um, we might have slept a little bit on a, on a flight coming there. I don't know. I can't remember. But we managed to pull through that morning. And at 6 a.m., we were there, the first people at breakfast. And I still remember telling the team, we were like doing crazy stuff here. And she said, no, you know what? Here at breakfast, we'll go to the room. We'll sleep for a few hours, like five hours, whatever it is, and uh, we'll wake up and then we'll go out. And that's what we planned to do. What happened was we had breakfast. We might have left the breakfast room about 7.30 in the morning, got back to the room, decided, okay, now we're really tired. The kids were obviously tired as well. We closed the blockout curtains and we went to sleep. And what jet lag is or what it does to you is what we experienced that time the next time oh well that morning when we when we went to sleep at around 8 8 39 o'clock in the morning the next time when we opened our eyes was 9 30 at night the whole day just went and when we woke up i still remember Taya asking she's like where did the day go did we did we did we just sleep through the entire day? And yeah, so we lost one actual day in Manila because we were tired, because we were jet lagged, and um, we, our bodies were just not used to the 
rush that we thought we had. And that's something that from experience is what I can tell you. Jet lag eventually catches up with you and your body does need time to shut down. So whether it's you, whether you feel you can rush a one-day uh, uh, transit in Dubai or in another city, eventually you're going to get, uh, it's going to uh, take its toll on your body. So make sure that when you do sleep, you do have sufficient amount of sleep, but you're not overly tired because if you don't wake up or if you just by chance press the wrong button, instead of pressing snooze, you press cancel and you don't wake up from that sleep, your flight is must and you're going to be paying extra to go back home. So yeah, that's just one thing to remember. But apart from that, coming to Dubai, going to a new city is fun. Exploring the different uh, modes of transport, be it the metro, be it the shuttles from the hotel, be it the taxis, is something you must do. It's something you need to uh, explore because whether you're sitting on the metro and enjoying that uh, bullet train experience or if you go in from a taxi um, and, you know, just driving and seeing all the different shops and sites as you're driving along, each offers her own unique experience. But uh, at the end of the day, it's what you want from your holiday. It's what you want to experience and make sure that you do your research or some research. And even if things don't happen the way you want them to happen, it's fine. Adapt, do things differently, but make sure that you do get enough sleep because that's important, especially when you're traveling through transit or to, to, to different locations Don't and don't ever miss your flight. On the point of missing a flight, you know, we like to share an experience that we had um, in Jidda. We were going for Umrah and decided to take a two-over, sorry, a two-day um, stopover in Jidda before we continued to Medina. Um, many people told us that Jidda is nice to go see, nice to explore, so we, we thought it'd be uh, fitting uh, to start our journey with exploring a uh, little of Chitta first, and then going to Medina, and then going to Makai, and, you know, going back home. Um, so what happened was we landed in Chitta in the, at night. Um, normally what we do when we have these two-day two layovers or two-day uh, transits, um, we tend to book at a hotel closest to the airport. So we chose to take the hotel... Um, the Holiday Inn, which was close to the airport. And I think it was at, if I'm not mistaken, there was a mall uh, close to it. So that was one of the reasons why we also chose that Holiday Inn. Um, and yes, yeah, so we got to the hotel in the evening, fantastic hotel. Uh, we got upgraded because of the loyalty program that we have. We booked a standard room and they upgraded us to a suite. Um, and that was nice and, um, you know, refreshing for the two days that we were there. We had um, at least space, which was a bonus for us. And um, what happened was we made ourselves very comfortable in the hotel. Uh, like I said, the, hotel, uh, the mall was uh, not, it wasn't, it was within walking distance to the mall. So it was a good thing. Um, and we... Also used Kareem a lot uh, because we didn't rent a car uh, for those two days. 
but in and around Chita, get into the Cornish, get into um, wherever you needed to go, all the sightseeing, uh, all the buyer shopping, whatever it was. Uh, the, the taxis were efficient. Um, and yeah, we had no issues getting around in Chita. Uh, if you guys ever want to go to a city and explore, um, you need to go to Chita. It's a fantastic place. The culture is different. Um, much like Dubai, only a little more stricter in terms of dress code and all of those things. But um, yeah, uh, go go to Chita, go give it a try. Uh, you'll have no regrets. Anyways, so the first night we obviously got there. We went to the mall, tried to get something to eat, um, came back, uh, slept. The next day we went out, did our shopping, did whatever we needed to do. And um, yeah, we it was two nights that we booked. So we said um, we'll do whatever we need to do on the second day. Uh, get all our shopping done, whatever it was. And the third morning, we'd have uh, breakfast. And um, we knew we had a flight to Medina uh, on that day. So we said we'll give it enough time, at least three hours before our flight. We'd start making our way to the airport. And I already knew that um, checkout would be... Uh, wouldn't be a problem because we'll try and be at the airport by 11 or 10.30, we'd make our way there. So if our flight was at 1.30 in the afternoon, uh, we'd have enough time to, you know, uh, settle down and uh, get ready for our connecting flight to Medina. And I, for one, am very punctual when it comes to boarding and, uh, you know, doing the online check-ins. In this, on this occasion, we booked with Sodia. We got the flights at a very good price. I think it was 500 in per person one way. So we made the booking the day we left South Africa or the day before uh, the uh, day before we left South Africa rather. And it was on my mind to, uh, you know, do the online check-in uh, at least 24 hours before our um, flight from Chita to Medina. We wanted to have our seats, uh, you know, sorted out so we had no issues on the flight itself. Um, so what I did was the more, uh, as, as soon as I saw the 24 hour window opened, um, I, uh, did the online check-in. I think it was afternoon before the next day we were flying out. And, um, I knew that was off my mind because it was the most important thing. Uh, and I pre, I sorted out the seats and all of that, got the seats, uh, the seat arrangements done and I checked in. Um, what happened was, as we came back from our outing on the second night, um, we were just relaxing and, um, like, you know, uh, Tassima was going through all the stuff that she bought and everything. Uh, and around 11 o'clock at night, we got an email to say that, um, you know, uh, your flight is, uh, ready to leave or... It was it was a weird kind of email. Um, I think it was more along the lines that uh, get ready for your flight or something like that. So I assumed that uh, maybe this is like a second reminder to do an online check-in. Maybe Sodia works differently. But I remember I already did the online check-in. So I wasn't bothered with that email. And um, I left it. 
And as we're getting ready for bed, obviously, um, I think it was just past 1 a.m. or, um, no, sorry, actually not 1 a.m., about 3 a.m. local time. Um, we, I actually got woken up from my sleep because I had the phone on loud. And I got an email to say that, um, you know, you have arrived. Uh, and how was the flight or rate of flight or something like that. And in my shock state, I'm thinking, what on what on earth is going on here? And I tried to log into Sodia to like manage my, uh, you know, uh, you go on the manage my booking to see like what's going on. Uh, uh, because I didn't download the boarding passes. I, I said, you know, I'll do it in the morning. Um, so, yeah, I went to see if I could download the boarding passes and um, I didn't I couldn't log into to the thing. So I remember that um, they did send me the email, uh, the boarding passes to my email. So I opened the email, checked one of the boarding passes, and I saw the time. Uh, like the day was the same day we were supposed to leave. That that was fine, but the time of the flight was one thirty, and I thought for some odd reason it was one thirty p.m. I had no idea that Sodia flies at 1.30 a.m. from Chita to Medina because normally in South Africa, we don't fly uh, at night, you know. Uh, the last flight that I know in South Africa is maybe your last Kulula flight or last CFA flight. The latest we flew was 10 o'clock and got to our destination at 11. So, um, you know, I, I didn't think we'd fly at 1.30 in the morning. And, yeah. So we missed the flight, and because I, I had already checked in, I couldn't even, um, you know, uh, get reimbursed uh, for the flight or for having missed the flight because on their system they had me as being there, uh, having checked in. And that's what they explained to me when I called the next the, the next morning. Um, I called to find out from... Um, the Saudia uh, ticket desk or whatever it was, um, what my options were. And we were told that, no, because we did the online check-in, um, there's nothing they could do. All we could do is um, send them an email and try and ask them for a refund on taxes, but we won't get the uh, price for the fare back. But, yeah, there was a lesson that we learned. Um, so immediately what happened on that day was our plans needed to change and um, because Saudia had no flights to Medina on that day, um, that means we either had to extend our stay in Jitta, which we didn't want to do, uh, because we already had bookings in Medina, and it, it would have just been too much of a story. So we said, no, we'll continue going to Medina. And in absence of a flight, the only possible way to get to Medina was by taxi, and it wasn't a train smash. We had to breathe, adapt to the situation, think of what we needed to do properly. And, yeah, we managed to get a taxi. The taxi charged us uh, 500 uh, reals. But um, we did it. We took the taxi, though it was a, more of a longer journey. Um, we actually enjoyed it. And what happened was, um, and you know, this is how things work, where we would have flown direct from Chita to Medina, 
by taking a taxi, we managed to do something different on the way going. We were offered by the taxi driver to do a little ziyarat. Uh, is, uh, he said that, you know, we'd be passing uh, butter. Uh, and if we wanted to, we could stop over, go uh, get uh, to see Badr, and then continue to Medina, which worked out well for us. Uh, he did charge us a little more extra uh, for that, but um, it was something we didn't mind doing. And yeah, we managed to get that. All in all, you just need to be um, comfortable with whatever happens during your travels. Um, always adapt to change. Don't panic. Whatever different uh, does happen, you need to work around it. And uh, always remember that there's always different options available, whether you must a flight or you uh, must your uh, leg of transport or you got to a hotel that you thought was decent and you ended up coming to a place which was totally different from what it looked like on the internet. There's always ways to get around things. Don't let that make your holiday um difficult don't let that make your holiday unpleasant and yeah just work around situations remember certain countries in the world have peak and off-peak periods in dubai especially during the summer months the rates of the hotels from um uh the one stars up until the five star hotels they all reduce their prices during the summer months from may to september so always if you do want to come to dubai and looking for um, a cheaper time to come. The summer months are the best times. Yes, you might be indoors for um, a portion of the day, but the nightlife is still the same. When you go out in the evenings, you do whatever you need to do, and you'll enjoy it more. So it's always good to consider that. We will be doing a podcast on how to um, uh, master uh, getting your accommodation whether it's uh, booking directly with the uh, hotel itself, booking through the third-party sites uh, such as Booking.com or using hotels combined, either which way uh, we'll still teach you how to master it so you can see uh, where you like to go, plan your accommodation. And one important thing to always remember whether you book in flights or whether you book in accommodation or whether you go in to see a monument or whether you uh, intend using a certain uh, taxi company, always go on TripAdvisor and always read the reviews because the reviews that you get uh, from uh, people who've um, used the services or been to the place is a genuine review of a person's, of a person's personal experience. So that's good leverage for you to gauge whether um, where you want to go or what you want to use um, is up to scratch. And um, you'll be able to see. And in those reviews, you'll see people will speak about the surrounding areas. People will speak about the quality of the food. People will speak about the quality of the accommodation, the quality of the service. And once you start drawing, um, you know, parallels between what was uh, not nice and what was a decent and if one obviously uh is better than the other then you know you're fine but if you get in um paid reviews or uh the uh, experiences by other guests are consistent with things which aren't uh, up to scratch then you know you can avoid that place or don't do the uh, experience or don't use the company 
So TripAdvisor is always one thing you need to use. Um, it's something which uh, is our go-to whenever we uh, do need to do things. And yeah, uh, we've always used it. That comes. That brings us to the end of this podcast. Um, if there's anything that you'd like us to elaborate on, do get in touch with us. And yeah, uh, we'll most gladly assist you guys. Um, and do wait for our other podcasts or do go see the podcasts that are already uh, live and um, do give them a listen and hope you can um, gain the much knowledge, gain as much knowledge as you require to make you um, understand and make you better in DIY travel and hopefully save you some money and save you some stress when booking your own travels.